What's up, Thought Criminals? Darren Wisely here. I'm just thrilled to be with you today, and we do have a good show for you. I am, as many of you know, Hillsdale's most trusted and beloved lawyer. It's a title I gave to myself, and I earned it by giving you guys the truth amid the constant lies and propaganda we face on the daily. The real problem is we have so many brain-dead sheeple that will just pig out on the trough of government lies and false media narratives, and they have no ability to think for themselves. It's because of this uh, degenerate society we live in, and the fact, as I've discussed a few times before, that only half the people even have an internal dialogue. And how, and how could I possibly get people with zero internal dialogue to analyze the lies we face, and how they make no logical sense? See, think about that. It's exactly what the people running things want the population to be like. The way they've conditioned the masses to follow orders without question, as COVID, of course, showed us, it's, it's truly appalling. Especially the fact that these brain-dead automatons just regurgitate whatever they hear on TV, and they spit it out as if it's their own thoughts. We really are living in the twilight zone. It's, it's quite creepy. And we truly, truly are in an information war against the Ferengis who are constantly manipulating us, trying to gaslight us into submission. And this episode is going to make that abundantly clear. Those of you who listen to my show and don't accept the constant lies and gaslighting and refuse to be crushed into submission, even though it seems like uh, we're up against so much, well, I truly commend you guys. And it's up to us to reach more people. There are people who are reachable, many are not, but there are those out there that haven't been reached, and that's why I make the show, as well as to give you guys good information. And I do notice, since I brought this show back, each episode has gotten increased views, so my message must be resonating with someone. (laughs) And I do thank all of you who, who like the show, who watch it, who share it with people, and especially my paid subscribers. You guys keep this show going. You truly have a lot of integrity, and I do thank you guys. If you haven't yet, please, please do subscribe. It's free to do so, and this way you will not miss an episode. If you like the show, share it with your friends. It's the only way to get the truth to more people. And one other uh, preliminary matter before I get into everything here. Check out the show titled Self-Evident Truths with the Grumpy Vet. This is a series my friend John Paul Rutan, who he's a great guy. He tells you like it is. It's a show he's doing, and he's a supporter of this show. He's a, a lifetime membership subscriber, as a matter of fact. So he's a guy who puts his money where his mouth is. He's someone you can trust. And I will link his YouTube page if that's something you want to check out. And make sure to do so and see what John Paul has going on there. So, another day, another fake narrative. And I'm talking about this whole balloon controversy. (laughs) I mean, what are they going to think of next, right? Of course, as I'm sure you all remember, we have this so-called Chinese spy balloon. It uh, captivated the nation as the Biden administration waited to fire missiles after it crossed the entire continental U.S. Uh, For those that don't waste their time listening to the mainstream media propaganda, uh, there's been at least four instances now since that initial one of U.S. fighter jets destroying UFOs 
One was over Alaska, and this UFO had no means of propulsion, but uh, pilots apparently shot it down at around 40,000 feet. And another is much closer to home for myself as a Michigander, and this was shot down over Lake Huron. It's all everyone's been talking about, and something like this does not get play in the media unless there's a reason behind it. Nothing they do at that kind of scale is purely coincidence. And when you look at everything through that lens, things start to make a lot more sense, start to become a lot more clear to you. First and foremost, uh, look at the timing of the so-called spy balloon. I mean, oh my gosh, spy balloon, you know, what is this, 1914, uh, we're, we're all concerned about a balloon? Well, think about when this happened, it was right when Seymour Hersh dropped the story on the U.S. being behind the destruction of the Nord Stream Pipeline. And if you want to know all about that and everything that went down there and him breaking the story, make sure check out my last episode where I discuss his revelation in detail that, of course, the Biden regime was behind its destruction, and this show kind of dovetails off the last one. And just to go on a tangent here for a second, as you guys know, I sometimes have the habit of doing, I cannot understate how concerning the fact that the United States blew up this pipeline is because... That truly is an act of war against both our pseudo-enemy, Russia, and our ally, Germany. This act of war against Russia is concerning to see what kind of retaliation is going to ensue on behalf of Russia. It does appear now that Russia is preparing for a 30-month war against NATO and the U.S. Wow. Nice going. Nice going, Biden regime. Very, very, very smart of you. I mean, this literally is the most idiotic foreign policy conceivable. In Germany, well, they've been awfully silent uh, amidst this revelation. It's really kind of sad and cowardly, to be frank, but we all know after 1945, uh, you know, Germans were forced to hate themselves and be self-loathing. But finally, there are some rumblings coming from their parliament. But finally, we do have uh, some in Germany standing up and saying something. We have Maximilian Krah, or maybe Kray, it's K-R-A-H, so sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, of the German AFD party. And he's quoted saying, quote, last June, the Navy divers operating under the cover. And he's quoted as saying, quote, it is certain that the German government was informed of the sabotage beforehand by the Americans. This is the only explanation for Schultz's awkward silence. So Schultz, if you remember from uh, last episode, is the German chancellor. With the addition of a woke and irresponsible warmonger like Foreign Minister Annalia Baerbach, who declares that Germany is at war with Russia, nothing surprises me, end quote, he said. So Kraus arguing that the sabotage ended a long-term headache for the Schultz government. Quote, The problem is that this is tearing the German economy to pieces and significantly impoverishes Germany. Moreover, the billions spent by Germans on this gas project, which ensured us cheap energy, are lost. But the coalition which governs Germany does not care. Officially, Schultz knows nothing. Apparently, we live in a democracy, he added. 
So uh, you can see this guy actually has some balls and um, he's not mincing words here. And I talked about how important this pipeline was to the German economy. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said that the statements made by Victoria Newland, and those statements I did go on last episode, the U.S. Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs concerning the Nord Stream pipeline explosion show that Washington was complicit in the incident. Newland said that the, quote, U.S. administration is very gratified to know that Nord Stream 2 would be no longer operational which I believe I either played that clip or quoted that for you last episode. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. That's the endless gaslighting. They show their hand. They tell you what they're going to do. They do it. And then afterward, they say, oh, no, no, we didn't do that. Nothing to see here. So Cray said that it had been clear to the German opposition that the sabotage was NATO's doing. All attempts to accuse Russia were ridiculous and did not sound reasonable. Well, that's certainly right. The White House tried to accuse Moscow of self-sabotage in a string of calculated leaks, but never provided a clear motive beyond retribution. So, Cray says, quote, The State Department and the White House categorically deny it, but I was in Washington two months ago, and all my American political interlocutors, Democrats and Republicans alike, had no doubts. It was the United States that organized or sponsored the action by the British, and it was Biden who personally gave the green light. He went on to say, Democrats and Republicans in Congress disagree on everything, except on their willingness to pursue an aggressive foreign policy, especially toward China and Russia. End quote. That's a very great quote, and that's 100% true. When Democrats and Republicans come together, we have the absolute worst policies in this country. That's why there's no more blue pilled take than, oh, can't we just all get, can't they just both get along? It's like, uh, what, for more spending and more war and more debt and more tyranny? Oh, they, trust me, they always do. They always do for that, huh? And um, there is one more interesting uh, German political figure speaking up on this issue. And in an article from Western Standard on February 13th, it talks about um, Germany's AFD party wants U.S. troops out of Germany, if um, Mr. Hirsch's report is correct, which I certainly believe it is. So the AFD co-chairman, Tino, Tino Trupala, and again, I might be pronouncing that wrong, but you guys are used to that by now. <laughs> he said, quote, as the American investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch claims to have learned from a source Involved in the operational planning, the United States of America is said to have planned the demolition of Nord Stream and carried it out jointly with Norway, end quote, said Trupala at a press conference. Quote, the Pulitzer Prize winner's suspicions must be investigated, end quote, said Trupala, and he goes on to say, has NATO's leading power carried out an attack on our country's vital critical infrastructure in European waters? Then one would have to question whether the alliance guarantees security in Europe or rather endangers it. The consequence would be the withdrawal of all U.S. troops. And in the past, both the AFD, who is kind of a um, like right-wing populist party, and the left party as well, who's a, obviously a far-left party, have questioned the possible role the U.S. could have played in blowing up the pipeline. Two factions in Germany speaking out is their far-left party, as well as the AFD that's like their right-wing populist party. And they've questioned 
the role the U.S. could have played in blowing up the pipeline. Left Party MP Sevim Dajdalin said there are ample reasons why the U.S. would be involved. As Biden said, if Russia attacked Ukraine, that he would end the pipeline. Which again is exactly what I said, exactly what I played last episode. Another Left Party MP, Saha Wegenecht, I think I got that one right, posted a link on Hirsch's story on Twitter and said that, quote, while the German federal government invokes transatlantic friendship and follows the USA uncritically, the U.S. government ensure that the Nord Stream pipeline were blown up as Pulitzer Prize winner Hirsch has meticulously researched. Whose interest does the federal government represent? End quote. I do. I appreciate you speaking up on the issue, but following the USA uncritically might be where you went wrong there. Might be. The AFD wants another investigation into what German officials knew before the attack by creating a parliamentary investigative committee. Well, I hope their investigative committees are better than the ones in the United States. Quote, all the open questions must now be answered by investigative committees. So Trupala says, quote, the Bundestag has the right to know what knowledge the federal government has. Could government officials have been privy to the planning of the attack? All the findings of national authorities must flow together in the European Parliament. The European states must not put up with such violent interference. They are even less allowed to participate in it. End quote. So the geopolitical ramifications here are concerning, to say the least. It's clearly an act of war aimed at two things. First, hurting the Russian economy, and second, encouraging Europe to support the war in Ukraine. But this idiotic and evil act, of course, only backfired against the Biden regime in both regards. The Russian economy is getting stronger and stronger, and support for Mr. Putin is at an all-time high within Russia. They're churning out more weapons and ammunition to feed their very large, capable military and Patriotism and national unity really is growing. The second point's only backfiring as well, as shown by the quotes I just gave you. It's also shown the fact that the United States is not trustworthy to these countries in NATO. The war does very little to benefit Europe to begin with, and now they have even more reason to be hesitant to support it. And this act of war is almost certainly could be considered a war crime. Because, yes, instead of targeting civilians, it's an unprovoked attack on civilian infrastructure. Unfortunately, these types of things aren't really tallied or pay much or much attention given to throughout history, but it certainly seems like it could be considered a war crime. Quite thankfully, the winter was rather mild this year in Germany, or we might be hearing about Germans or other Europeans freezing to death. Another interesting point to bring up here is that is that Article 5 of the NATO Charter calls on all NATO members to come together and defend a member of NATO that is under attack. Well, <laughs> apparently the Charter didn't contemplate what happened if the attacker is another member of NATO. Under a strict reading of it then, the other members of NATO would now be at war against the United States. What is this insane administration doing? As I've mentioned before, this act was clearly unconstitutional as the president does not have the authority to declare war. 
While I'm sure he doesn't really care, the Constitution only gives Congress that authority. But this Ukraine war is ultimately only going one way, and that is with Russian victory after such needless devastation and loss of life in Ukraine. And I know every day the media is telling us that Ukraine's just about to win, Russia's just about defeated. No. Just like everything else the media says, it's the 179 club. It's not a compl- Everything is not a complete and utter lie, but it's about as close as you can get to it. And especially so many lies about this war and so many lies about Ukraine having any chance. I mean, at this point, Ukraine is conscripting high school age boys just to go out there and be slaughtered. And for what? For nothing. It's to fight a war they're only going to lose. The humane thing would have been to end this war a long time ago to to sue for peace. And, you know, Putin's offered that. But continuously, um, Zelensky has has rejected that and instead... Countries like the United States give billions and billions of dollars so that Ukraine can stay in this fight, uh, kick the inevitable down the road, and in the process, oh, thousands and thousands or more Ukrainians die, more destruction to the country. Um, It's absolutely disgusting. Nobody in the United States cares about the Ukrainians. It's all political. And, and they're simply willing to just waste these lives for their own agendas. Pretty evil stuff. And now, where we've gotten in this is that NATO and the United States have both said they don't have the ability to supply the Ukraine with ammunition at the rate that they're depleting it. So, what's the logical conclusion? They're eventually going to run out. <laughs> the U.S. has said it doesn't have the stockpiles available to continue to give Ukraine anymore, which... On a side note, uh, with a trillion dollar a year military budget, you it does beg the question, um, where's all the money go if the U.S. supply is already delete, depleted so easily? For Ukraine, they should really, really learn a lesson to what happens to former allies of the United States. You know, just ask Gaddafi, Noriega, Saddam Hussein, how all that plays out. So I know this was a brief digression But I wanted to follow up with these points since at the time I filmed the last episode, they hadn't occurred yet, or at least had not been brought to my attention. And I wanted to, I thought those were pretty relevant and interesting, so I wanted to plug those in. But if you want to hear that whole story about Seymour Hersh uh, giving his revelation on what went down with Nord Stream, how it took place, make sure to check out episode 86. So all those points do tie into this whole UFO fiasco. It wasn't just needless rambling. Because the whole purpose of it, as I outlined, or as I alluded to last episode, is to distract from Mr. Hirsch's story. Those that did address his story gave the usual smear that folks and I, folks like you and I typically face. Conspiracy kook misinformation, etc., etc., etc. But the government decided, in this case, a smokescreen would be the best way to preempt this information getting out to the masses. And Edward Snowden certainly agrees with that point. Mr. Snowden, of course, is an American hero and patriot. He risked his life and literally gave up living in his own country 
to tell Americans we were all being illegally spied on with mass NSA surveillance. That really is an inspiring story of an individual's commitment to the truth. So Mr. Snowden, like Mr. Hirsch, is famous for telling people the truth. And while the whole country had gone hysterical over these reports of UFOs, Edward Snowden's theory, which I tend to agree with, is that the whole thing was engineered. So on February 14th, the White House finally admitted that the objects were not extraterrestrial in nature. Some say these shootdowns are likely a show of force. If you accept the proposition that the original balloon was a Chinese spy balloon, I don't, but I'll explain more about that here in a minute, then that actually makes sense that the shootdowns are a show of force for the Biden regime to save face from questions was left alone to travel across the whole United States and monitor America in the first place. Snowden chided the White House's denial that it was involved in the pipeline attack by pointing out it also denied previous false flags. Can you think of any examples from history of a secret operation that the White House was responsible for but strongly denied, Snowden tweeted. Besides, you know, that little mass surveillance kerfuffle, he added. <laughs> Snowden included a UPI report, news report from April 1961 in which U.S. Secretary of State Dean Rusk denied the Bay of Pigs had been staged from American soil, with Rusk telling the media, quote, the Cuban affair was one for the Cubans themselves to settle, end quote. But according to Snowden, the UFO talk is misdirection from the, from the Seymour Hearst story and to keep it out of the headlines. So Snowden tweeted here, it's not aliens. I wish it were aliens, but it's not aliens. It's just the old engineered panic, an attractive nuisance ensuring NATSEC reporters get assigned to investigate balloon bullshit rather than budgets or bombings a la Nord Stream. Until next time. So this all makes complete sense. And again, that's why keeping tabs on the history is so important. It's always one big lie after another. And the government, the media, they push it endlessly. They get all the midwits and MPCs to parrot it endlessly, try to bully and ostracize anyone who dares question it. Could there be more to this UFO story? Sure. I'm not claiming to know the whole story or everything going on, or have all the answers. But logic will give us at least one clear, unequivocal indication. Why would China need a spy balloon over the United States? They have hundreds of satellites orbiting Earth that could obviously be much more effective. And you know who we should really be concerned about spying on uh, the United States citizens? How about the U.S. government? Speaking of Snowden... How about what they're looking at on, on our phones, on our computers, every day, our emails, texts? Why don't they end that spying first? Why don't they follow the Constitution? Just a thought. So, here's a political article for you. And this involves uh, National Security Council spokes, spokesman John Kirby. This article is from February 14th. And it's the admission, as I touched on, that, that these 
UFOs uh, were not extraterrestrial. Kirby said, quote, We don't see anything that points right now to being part of China's spy balloon program. Hmm. Kirby told reporters, It's unlikely the objects were used in intelligence collection against the United States of any kind. That's the indication now. End quote. He added, Intelligence officials believe the objects, which were shot down a week after a Chinese spy balloon was downed off the coast of South Carolina, could be, quote, tied to some commercial or benign purpose, end quote, he said. So, there's the admission, just, uh, as I said, it's, um, they're not, they're not uh, extraterrestrial, and they're not even Chinese. It's also interesting when you look, all these things are being shot down over large bodies of water in areas where they, quote, can't be retrieved. You know, kind of like Osama bin Laden's body. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, we dumped it at sea because, uh, yeah, that's somehow a proper Muslim burial. <laughs> okay. You know, it just happens to be convenient that it's uh, disposed of. Now you can't ask any questions. And, um, hmm, kind of the same thing going on here. It was also reported that the first Sidewinder missile used to shoot down the original balloon missed. Uh, those missiles cost taxpayers about $400,000 a pop. So, yeah, that's a very expensive miss. Why F-16s have to be used to take down these balloons? Uh, it's, it's absurd. It's extremely wasteful. It's ridiculous. Um, from any angle you want to look at it. I mean, again, these are likely U.S. weather balloons being shot down. Even if they were Chinese. They have no mechanism of being controlled in terms of their direction, their, their balloons. Kind of hard to steer. Kind of not threatening. So Chinese leaders have said that the U.S. has 10 weather balloons over China, implying that the practice is fairly common. And, you know, countries have balloons. They go where the wind takes them. They're not controlled. There's not surveillance-type collection. Again, you have satellites for that. But... It's interesting the Chinese leaders even went as far as to state their shock in using the excessive force to take down a balloon. I mean, you think you could have used a, a, a cannon, something like that. But they stated how overkill and expensive it was to use such a missile to bring down a balloon when it could have been done by a much, much smaller weapon. <laughs> it's pretty sad that the communist Chinese are more worried about costs to American taxpayers than our own government is. There's always an agenda of fear-mongering and a crisis to push. And people who forget the last crisis, well, they're never ready to accept the one that's currently going on. They're always blind to it. So COVID showed us. That's why these discussions about what's going on right now are so important. So important. In 2020, it was COVID. You can't wear a mask because you don't know how to use it. Then everyone has to wear a mask all the time. Now it's two masks. We have to lock everything down and ruin your business and livelihood. You lose your job. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Well, unless you're a governor or a senator and it's spring break. <laughs> then... 2021, it's the jab. Everyone has to get the jab. Every single billboard, you're at the gas station, you hear ads, podcasts, TV. 
sports, everything, jab, 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 jab. I seriously just got so, I got so sick of it. You have to get jabbed to save me because that's the only way my jab protects me. The people who don't get the jab are killing everyone. But don't forget, you have to get triple, quadruple boosted up for the jab to even work. The jab's completely safe. Never mind that uh, perfectly healthy young people, even college and pro athletes in some occasions, are dying from it. Nothing to see here, guys. In 2022, the Karens put their masks down for a Ukrainian flag. Even though half of them couldn't point it on the map. That was the new virtue signaling. I'm glad they care so much about uh, the Ukraine. You know, not so much about the slaughter of of all the people going there to fight the war, the destruction of the entire country. No, no, no. No, this this is this is a holy war against the Russians for the progressives, you see. And now, 2023, enter the UFO. The Biden regime's engineered distraction from its own war crimes and flagrant violations of the U.S. Constitution. But hey, that's where we're at. That's the state of things. What we're up against is no joke. Pure evil, and I do mean that literally. That's not hyperbole. As I've shown you again and again and again, with the fact there is no lie they won't tell, there's no act they won't stoop to to push their agenda. Nothing is off limits. We live in a post-truth society. All that matters is feelings, slogans, catchphrases. Law schools are actively against objectivity because, well, it hurts the agenda for wokeism. Look what's going on in education, this BLM and transgender horseshit. Uh, not to mention these blue-haired wildebeests that are just dying to talk to your children about their sex lives. Screwed up world. But I appreciate all of you who are disgusted by the state of things and wish to fight back as I do. But just look at what they did to Mr. Snowden. You have to be serious and think, what are you willing to face to fight for the truth, to fight for the cause of liberty? Hopefully none of you face death or the, a similar fate to Mr. Snowden or jail. But if you're willing to speak up against a regime, it's a fate you very well may face and have to take seriously. Just something to be prepared for and just another reason us like-minded people have to stick together. We are the vanguard of this movement. We are fighting against the propaganda the non-linear disinformation, the gaslighting that goes on. It's up to us to spread the truth so it does not completely die out. So there's small things, there's big things. Share shows like mine. Share the show with people. Get it out there. It's free, and you never know who it might touch. Always stay vigilant and continue questioning the narrative. Stay up, people. I really do appreciate you all. Thanks for watching the show, and take care. <laughs>